Hi, and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. We've been going through the Old Testament, seeing how Jesus and his gospel factors into every story. If you've missed any of them, search through the podcast or vlog for the studies on the books of Genesis through Ruth. As we continue God's story, which is really our story, I am changing how we go through the bulk of the rest of the Old Testament. If you read the Bible from cover to cover, the historical books get a bit confusing as the timeline isn't straight. My goal is to, as for the next studies, is to do them in historical sequence. So we'll bounce around the Old Testament, but the stories will make better sense. Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible, and we'll find him everywhere as we go along. Um, you'll also see how the Old Testament sets us up for the New Testament. And I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies along with podcast playlists on my blog. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart and eyes and mind to understand what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. First Samuel 27, the brevity of life, reacting with fear over faith. The year is 1010 BC. David was anointed by Samuel in 1024. Figure he was between 12 and 15 years old at the time, so he's been on the run for 14 years. That's about half his life. He's had a lot of time to write his Psalms. What's interesting is that as the Psalms are songs of prayers uh, to God, 1 Samuel 27 is a godless chapter. It seems like David gets tired of waiting on God. I really don't blame him. Seriously, 14 years of living on the run? I'd be tired too. He still fears for his life, albeit his reaction is not of faith, but of fear. So let's dig in. But we're going to start with some Psalms first. Psalm 13. How long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed against him. Lest those who trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he had dealt bountifully with me. Uh, now, it's, um, that's the um, New King James Version. It's obvious here that he's pleading with God, asking him how much longer. That's one of our questions to God, right? That, that and what if? Well, the answer to how long is wait. Likewise, the answer to what if is rest. Take it easy. Chill. Don't worry. God's got this. God's timing is perfect. Unfortunately, he rarely reveals how long it's going to take. I was unemployed for two years. Believe me, I asked God both of those questions all the time. The big one was, what if I lose my house? I came up with my worst comes to worst scenario, which I hated the thought. 
Knowing I didn't want that to happen, I kept trusting God and seeking his will. Now, I pray um, verses five and six every night as, as a thank, as I thank God in a prayer of praise. The NIV version of verse five reads, I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. It's God's unconditional love, grace and mercy that saved me. And it's available for you too. Now, verse six is true because he provides for my every need, for your every need. Check out the videos at the bottom of my blog. So you need to click on open my blog. Okay, next we have Psalm 17. Oh Lord, hear my plea for justice. Listen to my cry for help. Pay attention to my prayer for it comes from honest lips. Declare me innocent for you see those who do right. You have tested my thoughts and examined my heart in the night. You have scrutinized me and found nothing wrong. I am determined not to sin in what I say. I have followed your commands, which keep me from following cruel and evil people. My steps have stayed on your path. I have not wavered from following you. I am praying to you because I know you will answer, oh God. Bend down and listen as I pray. Show me your unfailing love in wonderful ways. By your mighty power, you rescue those who seek refuge from their enemies. Guard me as you would guard your own eyes. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Protect me from wicked people who attack me, from murderous enemies who surround me. They are without pity. Listen to their boasting. They track me down and surround me, watching for the chance to throw me to the ground. They are like hungry lions, eager to tear me apart, like young lions hiding in ambush. Arise, O Lord, stand against them and bring them to their knees. Rescue me from the wicked with your sword. By the power of your hand, O Lord, destroy those who look to this world for, for their reward, but satisfy the hunger of your treasured ones. May their children have plenty, leaving an inheritance for their descendants. But I am righteous, I will see you. When I awake, I will see your fa you face to face and be satisfied. Psalm 17, that's the NLT version. He says he follows God's commands. So he doesn't follow cruel and evil people. Who do you follow on social media? Popular celebrities? Are they a good and positive influence? You might want to do a little bit of an audit as to who is influencing your life. God should be enough. David has pleaded with God, but apparently he hasn't received an answer to his in his time frame or fast enough. So what does David do? Well, that's the next part of our story. First Samuel, hiding among the enemy. But David kept thinking to himself, someday Saul is going to get me. The best thing I could do is escape to the Philistines. Then Saul will stop hunting for me in Israelite territory, and I will finally be safe. So David took his 600 men and went over and joined Achish, son of Maok, in the, the king of Gath. Now, Gath is where um, Goliath was from, the giant in the Philistines. David and his men and their family settled there with Achish at Gath. David brought his two wives along with him. Now, he supposedly had three wives, but we know Saul gave David's first wife, uh, Michal, to some other dude. <laughs> so his, 
current two wives, Ahinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, Nabal's widow from Carmel. Word soon reached Saul that David had fled to Gath, so he stopped hunting for him. One day David said to Achish, if it's all right with you, we would rather live in one of the country towns instead of here in the royal city. So Achish gave him the town of Ziklag, which still belongs to the kings of Judah to this day. And they lived there among the Philistines for a year and four months. David and his men spent their time raiding the Geshurites and the Girites and the Amalekites, people who had lived near Shur toward the end, uh, toward the land of Egypt since ancient times. David did not leave one person alive in the villages he attacked. He took the sheep, goats, cattle, donkeys, camels, and clothing before returning home to see King Achish. Where did you make your raid today, Achish would ask. And David would reply, against the south of Judah, the Jeremelites and the Kenites. No one was left alive to come to Gath and tell where he had really been. This happened again and again while he was living among the Philistines. Achish believed David and thought to himself, by now the people of Israel must hate him bitterly. I will have to stay here, stay here and serve me forever. Now, as you can see, God is not in the picture at all. David, in despair, went to hang out with the enemy instead of God. It's a clever survival tactic, but it's faithless and godless. Yeah, but it worked. Meanwhile, he's wiping out the other pagan nations, gaining plunder for him and his men, and probably Achish too. Nevertheless, he's also lying to the king of the Philistines and deceiving him, but then again, he is the enemy. Next, we go to Psalm 58. This is another of David's cursing psalms. Oh, did you blame him? <laughs> All right, justice. Do you rulers know the meaning of the word? Do you judge the people Fairly? No, you plot injustice in your hearts. You spread violence throughout the land. These wicked people are born sinners. Even from birth, they have lied and gone their own way. They spit venom like deadly snakes. They are like cobras that refuse to listen, ignoring the tunes of the snake charmers, no matter how skillfully they play. Break off their fangs, O oh God. Smash the jaws of these lions, O oh Lord. May they disappear like water into thirsty ground. Make their weapons useless in their hands. May they be like snails that dissolve into slime, like a stillborn child who will never see the sun. God will sweep them away, both young and old, faster than a pot heats over burning thorns. The godly will rejoice when they see injustice avenged. They will wash their feet in the blood of the wicked. Then at last, everyone will say there is a reward for those who live for God. Surely there is a God who judges justly here on earth. Then we go to Psalm 39. This one takes a slightly different turn here. I said to myself, I will watch what I do and not sin in what I say. I will hold my tongue when the ungodly are around me. But as I stood there in silence, not even speaking of good things, the turmoil within me grew worse. The more I thought about it, the hotter I got, igniting a fire of words. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. 
Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. This is a guy that's like 28 years old, 30th max. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Here's another one of those interludes, say la. So pause and think about this and you'll pause the, the podcast and rewind and listen to it again. Going on verse six, we are merely moving shadows and all are busy rushing ends and nothing. We heap up wealth, not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My hope is in you. Rescue me from my rebellion. Do not let fools mock me. I am silent before you. I won't say a word, for my punishment is from you. But please stop striking me. I am exhausted by the blows from your hand. When you discipline us for our sins, you consume like a moth what is precious to us. Each of us is but a breath. And here's another interlude. Say a lot. Think about that. Verse 12. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cries for help. Don't ignore my tears, for I am your guest, a traveler passing through, as my ancestors were before me. Leave me alone so I can smile again before I am gone and exist no more. Have you given up on God? I want you to click on over my blog and, and read uh, two chapters of, of Hebrews, Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 12. There's a link in, uh, in my blog to the, the study on those chapters. So they're the faith chapters. Where do you put your hope? How can you complain when God is in control? David knew he was innocent. So did Jesus. Yet Jesus, knowing he was going to suffer torture and die, he prayed, Abba, Father, he cried out, everything is possible for you. Please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. That's Mark chapter 14, verse 36. So it's, it's the scene in the Garden of Gethsemane, which is in all the, uh, the Gospels. Your will be done, not mine. Can you sincerely pray that? If you can, then you surely understand how God works and you put your complete trust in him. Your complete hope is in him only. You can't put your trust and hope in any earthly things because what is in this world is temporary. Only God and his salvation is eternal. You're not sure if you're saved or not. If you truly want to be born again and have the assurance of salvation, receive the Holy Spirit and get a one-way nonstop ticket to heaven and that you won't be left behind in the rapture. What you have to do is believe, repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. Click on over to my blog and click where it says how to invite Jesus into your heart and you receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. It's time to come back to God. Oh, and at the bottom of my blog, I've got three worship videos for you. While I'm waiting, great is thy faithfulness, and God is in control. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of scripture, touched your heart 
to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.